Hello, hello, and welcome to Review 2. This time, we're having a Christmas party. Christmas, Johnny. Christmas. Yeah, I'm fully aware of that. Uh, are you opening a present now? Guys, don't go near him. That's that U2 guy. Oh, well, sorry for putting more effort in than you. Everything suits me. What, what size did you get? One more question before the final present. Hello, and welcome to the Review 2 Christmas special. I'm Tyler. Here with me, as always, is Johnny. Say hello, Johnny. Hello. We are two bespectacled U2 fans. We love talking about that, too. And today, we're having a ruddy party. A ruddy party, because it's Christmas time, and after 2020, boy, oh boy, do we need a party after this year and the long experience of 2020. But today's episode of Review 2, the U2 podcast, in case you didn't know, is all about having fun, something you might not associate with me, but probably with Tyler. So it's, this is mainly his mastermind idea, and we've got prizes to give away. We've got responsible drinking games. I please want to stress that they are responsible. Do not go mad. I didn't. I didn't. I did not sign up for responsibility. Well, I did um, because responsibility is cool. And uh, we've got questions to answer. Um, so if you thought we couldn't do yet another AMA, we are doing one. And we've also <laughs> got presents to unwrap that Tyler and I have gifted to each other, sent with Santa and his reindeers, and they've arrived at each other's respective houses. And we're going to be opening them up throughout the pod. Yes, and as many of you may have seen over the last few weeks over on Twitter, we handed over the keys of the sleigh to Adam Clayton's long-lost North Pole-based cousin, Santa Clayton. He's been running several competitions and giving away posters to several lucky winners. Winners, Johnny. Winners, by the way, Johnny, mm-hmm. from Australia, the United States, <gasps> Portugal, <sighs> and, of course, here in the UK. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, I don't want to be down on the UK uh, listeners. It's just, you know, it's exciting to have listeners across across the globe. So hello to everyone, everyone across the globe, uh, no matter where you are and uh, no matter who's with you. Um, so... Yes, we're going to be giving away on today's podcast to three lucky winners the chance to win from this podcast and all that you can't leave behind promo pack bundle mega present. So several weeks ago... (laughs) Super zinging promo pack. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Buy one, you get one free. Um, That's that's (laughs) not true. You neither buy nor will you get one free. Um, So several weeks ago... We were contacted by Review 2 listener Julian, who really kindly got in touch with us and said, would we like some promo gear? And we said, yes, please. That would be very, very nice. So thank you very much to Julian for his generosity, because we're going to be giving those away as part of this episode. And just on a side note, if anyone like, say, I don't know, Guinness or the Royal Mint wants to just send anything our way just for being a great podcast and doing all this stuff for free, then we will accept things. Just get in touch on Twitter. Sennheiser, I need some new uh, studio headphones. Um, not asking for a lot, you know. Hmm. Christmas spirit there. <laughs> yes. So uh, thank you, on it. Uh, thank you very much to Julian. Uh, it's it was very exciting to receive those items in the mail, uh, and it's no surprise that when they arrived, I was like a, a child on Christmas morning. Um, so yeah, th- thank you, thank you very much. We don't expect anything like that, but it is always nice to be um, acknowledged. I suppose I think I think Julian even said in the message that he just wanted to say thank you for the the, the years that we've been doing this. Um, so yes, thank you very much to Julian. If you're wondering what these promo packs look like, I will 
as this episode goes live, upload a picture, and three people will have the chance to win them. It's very easy. All you have to do is either is, is get in touch, either DM us on Twitter or send us an email. And all literally, all you have to do is tell us what your favourite review to memory is. And uh, we really want these prizes to go to people that have been with us uh, for a long time, really stuck around and really supported us. Uh, are you in agreement with that, Johnny? Oh, yeah, of course. I think... Um... We've had a few messages recently from people who said they've been, you know, a long-time listener, first-time caller, emailer, tweeter, <laughs> and it's really nice to hear from those people, the people who've, who, I mean, just they got through the, the good times and also the, the several bad times that have existed on the pod, so well done to them and well done for sticking with us. I think when we started this thing, we didn't think it would go on as long as it has done, and it's nice that people have stuck around right from the start. But... With or without further ado, we should get down to explaining the format of this episode because I can hear you all turning off right away because you're thinking, well, what's this got to do with you two and what's going to happen with it? It is a pretty loose format here, guys. It is mainly just a celebration. So if you're expecting any U2 mega scoops uh, like Bono and Edge busking, for example, which I, I think they're doing quite soon, I think on Friday of this week, um, which is the 15th of December now. Um, oh, wait, no, which it's Christmas definitely Day. be in the past, but it'll be in the past by the time this episode comes out. That's but we'll true, be yes. on YouTube. That's true, yes. Um, I forgot it's Christmas Day here that we're definitely recording on Christmas Day rather than spending any time with our loved ones. Um, so <laughs> so anyway, um, don't expect any scoops. This is this is just us messing around and having a, having a good old time. So um, we asked you for your U2 slash review to drinking games and you didn't let us down. So Tyler, um, let us know what the rules are for this episode then, please. Okay, so the uh, two winners, the two winning rules from... Uh, Twitter. Uh, the first one was suggested uh, by by Madfly, a bit of a sadist, if you ask me. And she has said that the number one rule is if we say the name of the lead singer uh, of you two at any point Which is? in this podcast, then we have. Okay, so it's Bono. Okay, Bono. Then yeah. Oh, Ty's, Ty's just cracked a Guinness, and I guess I'll have to take a swig of my of my Guinness. Yes, you have to do it as well. Yep. So, yeah. If any time we say Bono... Wait, you just said Bono just then, bo- then? Yep. Oh, for God's sake. Yes. We both need to take a drink. Right, okay. Okay. So there we go. So I'm about three three drink, uh, three, three gulps in already. <laughs> I was going to say, three, open, three drinks and three gulps, that's a, a bit of a difference when you're, when you're measuring in units <laughs> of cans of Guinness, isn't it? <laughs> Although to be fair, Guinness is it's quite weak, and considering how flavoursome and delicious, uh, delicious, delicious it is. Wow, that, that that one gulp for me is clearly gone gone south. Uh, please tell us the next. <laughs> please tell us the next rule, Tyler. Before I okay. And rule number two. Please feel free to play along at home as well. Uh, this should be a little easier for us, hopefully. Um, if either of us mention Wild Honey, then we need to drink. A full beer. This was suggested to us by Neil from U2 Then and Now. Now, I am cha- going to change this full beer rule to a shot. I have a shot here. Now, I know I just said the title, that that, that track. So, I'm just going to have a shot now. Johnny, have you got a, an alternative drink with you? Um, I'll do something, yeah. I don't think listeners need to know exactly what I'm having. And also, um, Miss Marsden, uh, our friend Laura, also suggested that Wild Honey could feature in this. And she was saying we should have a um, like a shot or a glug of some Tennessee Wild Honey. Um, a drink which I actually find a little bit disgusting because it's so sweet. Although you, you literally just said that twice more. No, I didn't. And I... 
Oh, God, you, you literally just... I thought you meant... You literally... Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Five minutes in and I'm wasted. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking. Anyway, yeah, I I find that particular drink, the Tennessee one, um, the B product version of that, um, a bit disgusting. But I do like regular Jack Daniels. So, you know, if they want to get in touch with um, anything, that's fine. Yeah. Right. So, they're the rules. Um, do you have a rule that you'd like to add, Johnny? Uh, let's just have a lovely time. That's not we. We, should, we don't have to drink every time we have a lovely time. But let's let's everyone listen at home. Maybe you're um you know you've had a terrible 2020. I think more than ever, podcasts have been important this year. So let's just have a lovely time. And I think these rules in in and of themselves are going to lead to some problems. And I want to just stress one more time: please drink responsibly. If you want to join in at home, you're more than welcome to. Yeah. Really wishing I'd brought some water to this podcast now. <laughs> right, so um, I think we should have a present first, Johnny. So um, kick off with the prezi. Beca- because uh, I'm I'm more generous. Johnny has got more presents. So uh, Johnny, would you like to pick um, a present? Yeah, although I'd like to just note that I, I don't think the uh, the criteria for who's the, the, mo- the more generous or the bit more Christmas spirity is the one who's got. Uh, the more presents bought for the other person, but okay. Um, do you want me we're to? Cur- well, we're currently in a we're currently in a three tier lockdown system mm. in the UK, um, and of which myself and Johnny are both in tier three. Uh, but I would like to point out that Johnny's wallet has always firmly been in tier four. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll see with the presents that I've bought you. Um, all right, do you want me to start with any, or should I just dive in? I've got quite a few here. Uh, can you just show me what you've got? Uh, I think there's only one that I want you to have at the end. Some could say we could have done this off off her. Some some might say yes, as uh, Oasis. Uh, yeah, go on, go on. I can open this one, can I? You can open that. Okay, one. for the benefit of the listener, we might edit edit out some of these um, clunkier bits while we're opening stuff. It's a small bottle shaped thing. Let's have a look at what it is. Um, you, listeners will also notice that I have not wrapped. Um, I have not wrapped Tyler's presents, <laughs> but he has. I let Amazon or other places do mine. Oh, and it's a delicious, a delicious bottle of Rouse's Wild Light and Mild <laughs> Bee Juice. <laughs> so I avoided the obvious trap there, and you're an idiot because I because I actually do need some of this bee juice because I've not had any. I've been relying on maple syrup recently. <laughs> So I don't think I'll take half a sip for saying uh, the first part of the song we're not allowed to say. All right, cool. Yeah. But actually, thank you. That's a great present. I, I did actually need some uh, some bee nectar or whatever it is. Okay. Sh- should I open one? Yeah, yeah, or... go, yeah. Go for it. I mean, you've not got as many, but you know, quality, quantity. Sometimes they don't sync up. I'm just gonna go for the first one that I've got in the box because I don't want to look it too deep in the box. I would say uh... start small. Well, again, I don't know what's in the big box from Amazon. What, so, uh, yeah, start with the little one then. Oh, that's lovely. That's a Gretsch Irish Falcon keyring. Oh, isn't it? Uh, isn't it? Yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah that, that's for you. I did. I purchased it for you because I know you. Um, you're very keen on that particular model of guitar. I am. I am very. Yeah. I mean, I love Gretsch. Any if if Gretsch wants to send me anything for free, I mean anything. Uh, I will have it, but that's lovely. Thank you very much. No, no problem. So um, the goal is soul. Yep. Yeah, so it's a Aww. it's a miniature guitar, um, and 
it, it was it was between that and a um and a magnet version, but I thought keyring you might prefer because one of the first memories I have of Tyler and I bonding over you two was that Tyler had obviously been in design technology at school and he had fashioned himself a plastic U2 keyring. Um still got it. Still got it. What color what it's, it's still on is it blue? Still on my keys. It's it's blue, it's uh elevation kind of blue uh elevation font uh and it's it's still on my keys i made that when i was about 15 mm. i'm now 30 i think it's time so for an upgrade half my as if i'm gonna walk around with a git i mean it's a miniature guitar <laughs> but it, it does look like one of pat butcher's earrings well <laughs> <laughs> i think the person who, who plays that in the band would be really proud of that i think he would think that that was that was great it's about bono's size as well whose size Oh, <laughs> so easy. I, <laughs> you have to do it as well. No, I don't. Not every time you do. I mean, it's incidental that I actually happen to be taking a drink as well because I'm thirsty. Oh. Well, anyway. Right. Yeah, right. So we're gonna have to put a sound effect on every time we drink. I think I'm not doing that because of the prohibitive production that that will add to the episode. Okay, so we're gonna get through to a few questions in a minute. Um, but um, we have been, as I say, uh. Santa Clayton took over the Twitter, and we've been running a few uh, festive competitions. And mm-hmm. earlier today, I just thought it would be really nice if we, you know, what, because you two have obviously had a huge impact on my life, on Johnny's life, on um, our listeners' lives, the people we communicate with on Twitter and on Facebook, uh, the groups that we're involved in, uh, the, the the festivals like Welcome to the North Side, um, this this group has had a huge impact on us, and I thought it'd be really uh, interesting to find out what, how how have you two infiltrated the way people celebrate Christmas? Um, so oh, I did ask over on Twitter, what are your you two Christmas traditions? Uh, now the first one that really um, that really st- uh, stuck out to me, or stood out to me, I should say, that's the alcohol talking, um, was Marto Gormo, who said that. Every year before uh, before his family get up, he gets up early and listens to Angel of Harlem. Mm, nice, nice. Song. And and I just think that is a lovely little tradition. Uh, not every tradition should be, you know, has to be based around a huge group of people. But you know, there there is uh, a beauty in solitude and just listening to uh, to this 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 song in the morning. So I, I really like. It. I think that's a really nice one. Uh, I I do a similar thing where I listen to New Year's Day, uh, but instead of saying New Year's Day, I just shout Christmas uh, over New Year's Day. I do actually play New Year's Day on New Year's Day most. Yes, yeah, so, so in fact, I I say this, but I I forget most years. So I I play it usually on New Year's Eve, about ten minutes after um, after the actual bell strikes, and it's usually uh, met by a chorus of "Oh, is that you two? Get that off!" Uh, you know, so um. Oh, I'm too busy watching Jules, Jules Holland's Hootenanny. Never the Hootenanny. Um, what else? <laughs> what do you mean the Hootenanny's great? Right, it's, it's, it shows you've given up on life if you're watching the Hootenanny. Um, <laughs> what um, what else then have you got? This because this is this is not this is hot off the press, isn't it? Really. These Christmas uh, yeah, ones. it is. It is. It, I mean, this this happened uh, just a couple of hours ago. So Sid Sadowski got in touch and said he has his first brew of Xmas Day in is in in his 
you two under the blood red sky cup again you know small uh nice doesn't need to be a big a big thing but it's just something to him a connection to the band on that day mm. and um you know santa was a blood red uniform in a way i feel like you yeah I, I feel like you haven't read this thread johnny because you seem to be very very much relying on me well, I'm, uh, well, I'm, 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 yeah, because this has been um, this has been thrust upon me. I was waiting for pre-prepared questions like we've got lined up with all these that I've had time to think about and mull over a little bit. Um, Larry, mull over. Um, any? Well, go on. You you just keep driving this because it's going very well. Oh, okay, right. So Angela Pancella also got in touch, and uh, she said that back in the early days of the YouTube fan club when it was called Wire. This is well before propaganda. Uh, she started a YouTube fan Christmas card exchange. Mm. Um, it was the first online YouTube mailing list uh, inspired by a similar exchange that uh, happened with REM fans, thanks to Mike Mills. So I do, I think you know like that that's that's an interesting little connection as well. Like the these fan communities sometimes don't get enough. Um, adulation and, and and applause because when a band like you two are off for seemingly years recording a new album or dreaming it all up again mm-hmm. or whatever they might be doing then it really is the fans that are driving this thing and uh, showing support to other fans and i've heard a few people talk about uh, this christmas card exchange and the wire collective or the, the members of the Wire group at that time. But I didn't know that An- Angela was such a big part of it. So it's it's kind of nice that uh, it, it was something that you two, at u2.com eventually ran as well. Uh, and, I, and I'm sorry if I'm trying to get through this uh, too, uh, too quickly, Angela. It seems like an amazing story. Uh, but yeah, fa- you know, it's just a fantastic little thing, and I'm sure it's ma- it's made a huge impact to a lot of people's lives. Do you know what's interesting um, to, about that to me is um, that they had something that was official, um, or that you know was so popular called Wire. When Wire, at least to my understanding, is not a song that you know it's not even a particularly popular U2 song, as in that they don't play it very live. I love it. Lots of fans love it. But maybe because of the difficulty. Well, it's interesting because the, the word "wire" is something that connects, you know, oh, yeah, one, th- yeah. one one end of something to the to another. But also how that would, uh, you know, later with the internet connect other people. Mm. Um, it's kind of again, Bonostradamus is what I'll call him, and that doesn't count, right? Uh, no, I get away with I guess that. Not, no. Also, I, I get away with that. I suppose. Good. I suppose uh, wire less when the internet happened. Then they change the magazine anyway um well uh, let's start a new fan club called wireless then mm, no um we all right i'll i'll <laughs> say one of these things then as i've just gone on to our twitter thing so uh we put out a tweet saying we'd be recording our christmas episode tonight so if anyone wanted to ask any final questions and our good friend joel jackson said if it's not called yule 2 then i'm unsubscribing um well, I'm going to re-edit the cover and I'm going to call it Re- Reveal 2, all right? Yeah, okay. Well, I might have to redo the intro then. Is that then. good? I really like uh, Joe D's, um, even though she's evil, for making us not be able to say the captain's name mm-hmm. during this episode. Uh, she says that she balances her phone on one knee under the table 
uh, and waits for the Grafton Street busking vids to appear because Xmas is usually uh, usually a lot of blah. I have no backup plans this year, so I'm doomed. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, like the this obsession that we all seem to share really does hold no bounds. So I, I imagine the the uh, craziness that could be happening around Joe at that point. And she's just sat there with a, uh, you know, looking at her phone. It's kind of like the guy who's watching football in church, isn't it, really? Mm. There we go. And I think it's time we get through to the first few of your questions. So, Johnny, uh, take your pick. What, which question do you want to well, answer? Well, let's go from top to bottom. Um, so, Tamar, uh, who is from Brazil. So, uh, hello to all our Brazilian listeners. By the way, Brazil always top one or two countries. Uh, absolutely amazed by that. Uh, this is an English-speaking podcast, and um, I just, it, I just, I just absolutely—it's absolutely incredible to me that we're we're so big in 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 Brazil. So thank you to everybody in Brazil that does listen to us. Um, but I do believe Tama is the first person from Brazil to get in touch with us. Uh, from what I can remember, yeah, I think so. And his question is this, or her, I assume it's a he for some reason, Tama. Um, some sites have already listed Obla D, Obla Da as the worst Beatles song. So for you, what is U2's Obla D, Obla Da? Now, I wondered, Tyler, if a if an, a version or a song that U2 had done instantly sprung to mind for you for this one. Because it did for me. Um... For me, yeah. I mean, people know my feelings about Get On Your Boots, but I, that has its own little niche um, following. Yeah, it's not quite obla di obla da, because I think the the defining thing about that, and I am not a Beatles um, even moderate knowledge person on, okay? So I won't even credit myself for being an expert. Um, I thought the whole point of that is it's kind of novelty and kind of a bit naff and a bit silly. And I think that what it does to, you know, those serious Beatles fans who absolutely take them as, you know, the alpha and omega of rock and roll. I think it probably sends like a embarrassed shudder down the spine and they think, oh, God, that song, you know, that sort of thing. Um, like that one that McCartney did with all the frogs in it. So, yeah, I, th- I, ha- I, I have a song I with I th- that in I th- mind. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think the question is. I think Obla D Obla Da. Although I don't think that's a bad song, I think it's, I think it's a fine song. Not that I'm a huge, um, I, I'm a, a Beatles fan, but I, I've not listened to them extensively enough to really say what is the worst track. I think the problem with Obla D Obla Da is it's you two. It's not you two. It's the Beatles, kind of out of their comfort zone, trying to do something they're not particularly good at. So that would make me think that it's probably something from the Rattling Home era. Okay, so you, uh, you've not got a. If we were going to say definitively, what is the worst U2 song? That's not the question, though. I think the question no, is uh, what gives you that sort of embarrassed feeling like, oh, God. So for me, I'll give you my example. It's The Showman. Uh, and it is a very bad U2 song. It's definitely not the worst U2 song by a long stretch. But whenever I hear that song come on, and it, even just that, even just the guitar riff, it makes me cringe. It makes me think, oh, God, what are you doing, lads? Like, Are you actually at a child's birthday party? And then every bit of that song, gets it gets worse and worse. It's it's terrible. It's like, oh, well, the chorus can't be that bad. You know, the chorus is also embarrassing. Then the middle bit's embarrassing. And, yeah, so that's, that's how I feel about it. Showman for me. 
the showman. Fair enough. That's interesting. Um, for for me, it would be get on, it would be get on your boots then, hands down. Um, I I can't see any musical merit in that song, but some people seem to like it because it's rocky. Well, I'll repeat um, I'm my just point. looking at the back of the Rattlin' Hum DVD now to try, for for a bit of inspiration. Silver and gold's pretty terrible. I like, I like silver and gold. I even like that solo. You say this, you say this, but I don't think you actually you you didn't come across that hot on it when we reviewed it. Go back, go go find the tape, and you'll hear me give, you'll hear me praising it. Oh great! Right, okay. So th- there we go. Get on your boots and um, whatever Johnny the said. The showman. The showman. I I I like the showman. This is this is the thing. I don't think there is. We're never going to agree on this. The worst recorded song is Trash Trampoline and the Party Girl. You mean the production of it? Yeah, it's terrible. Possibly, yeah. Bono's not really singing. You know that, that that's the worst recorded U two song. But I don't think that was the question. No, 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 no. I, well, I think we've I think we've more than answered uh, Tamma's question. Do you want to look yeah. at the next question um, before we do another present? Uh, yes, uh, sure. So Sean Whelan got in touch. I was not sure where you're from, Sean. Um, uh, sent us a few questions. We'll try and get through them all. Um, but, you know, editing. Uh, what are your thoughts on the cover of Streets by the Pet Shop Boys? Johnny, are you familiar with this? Yes. Um, I thought I wasn't, but then I remembered that you showed it to me a long time ago, um, possibly late on in the evening. So it came back to me like, oh, this thing again. Um, I'd, I've only listened to it a couple of times and from the intro if you'd asked me to guess what a Pet Shop Boys version of that song would be it's exactly how I would have expected it so it's very <laughs> very synthy and and that's a good thing a bit like how um, you remember when we when we first put on Zoo, Sa- Zoo Station the Trent Reznor cover and we thought okay yeah. we know what it's going to be and then it was such a swerve and you think wow that's really interesting Um this was a good version, but it's exactly what I expected until I got the ba-da-da, you know, that bit where they'd um, twinned it <clears throat> completely with um, it, yeah. Can't Take Your Eyes Off You. I, yeah, yeah. Um, so so do you kind of... So what, what's your opinion of Can't Take Your Eyes Off You? Like, Are you with the track until that point? or? <laughs> I think it's just funny. It's um, To me, it's not only a good version... As in, it sounds good and it's catchy. It, I think it's cheeky and it and it does what you two were doing around about that time anyway, which is taking the wind out of the big, enormous black and white U two ship. You know, the that that idea of that the people treated this song um, and it is one of my you know one of my favorite U two songs, but they were treating it in a bit too kind of mythological fashion. You know, um, and I think it's good to be aware of that and the band needed that and i think they probably enjoyed it by that point you know a few years on half a decade on and reflecting back on it and thinking wow some people thought we were quite pompous and you know despite this song being fantastic it's um it's good to have that perspective on it i think it's funny it doesn't take anything away from the original no and it was a i i feel very confident in saying that it was a b-side i think it was a double a side with another with another song but i i don't know enough about pet shop boys to say that uh, I feel like I've actually got it. Um, so the the A side was how can you expect to be taken seriously, mm. and the B side was she's not uh, not your girlfriend. And I think the I think that 
other song on there was meant to be a pop at pompous, overblown rock stars of the sort that Bono was kind of the archetype at that particular moment. So I think it was a bit of light-hearted yeah. fun. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree. I like it. I haven't listened to that track in a very long time, Also, I actually, definitely just but, said Bono. And yeah. I don't think I... Oh, f- <laughs> you don't have to drink. It's competitive. Well, I feel... I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. We're a team. We're a team. Um, <laughs> you fall off your chair. <laughs> any excuse. Um, so I don't think I've ever told this story on the podcast before uh, because I don't know if you've ever mentioned the Pet Shop Boys before. But the Pet Shop Boys, be, uh, before there was U2, uh, before there was The Killers or Arcade Fire or Iron Maiden or any of the bands that I'm, I'm really, really into... For any of that, there was the Pet Shop Boys because my brother had um, the album. Uh, it was the I can never remember which one it was. It was the orange mid nineties orange album, and it was kind of like uh, embossed with a Lego like design. I've never I've never seen a CD case like it before uh, or, or after, and I was obsessed with this this thing. You know, I was obsessed with the actual packaging. Mm. And my mum used to do like boxercise things, you know, like uh, exercise. Um, Tybo. VHSs, things like that. Anthea Turner's workout video. It's <laughs> something like that. Yeah, something stupid like that. But, it, you know, in the mid 90s. And, and she would put this record on. So it's probably one of the first records that I ever heard start to finish mm. multiple times. And I'm three, four years old. Um, so the Pet Shop Boys. It's like they, from a very early age, they've just received this tick of quality. The Pet Shop Boys are good because people around me like the Pet Shop Boys, mm-hmm. you know. And I've never questioned it. I think the Pet Shop Boys are absolutely fantastic. They are part of my musical DNA, hands down. And when I, I like Lady Gaga, I like the Killers, I like Brandon Flowers. And in 2009, when the Pet Shop Boys won, I think a Lifetime Achievement Award or some Legacy Award or something like that. Um, they brought out Brandon Flowers and and Lady Gaga to help them do a a medley of songs, and it was like, oh, how have I never drawn this connection before? Mm. Because you know, Lady Gaga, Pet Shop Boys to the Killers and then to Lady Gaga, it's really not stretching your imagination that far. And the Brit Awards, for those of you that don't have to suffer through it every year, isn't always a great show. But that year, <laughs> isn't often the a great Shop show. Boys were on, <laughs> alone always but that that year um i was at a girlfriend's house with her family and through th- i think it's about a 15 minute set of pet shop boys hits nobody said a word <laughs> nobody everybody was just watching the tv and watching the pet shop boys put on a show and it, I, I think I've played it for you. Yep. So um, yeah, I'm a really big fan of that. Not my not my favorite Pet Shop Boys track. Not my favorite U2 track. But a, a really great version, a nice crossover of two acts that I am very interested in. Indeed. So the next question from Sean is: What direction would you guys like the band to go in for the next album? Um, this was, I think, a question that a few people asked in various iterations. So. I think we'll probably hit on the main points now with this. A couple of immediate things that I thought is what kind of direction? Well, to to be a bit tricksy with that, I would say kind of their own direction. And what I mean is is to try to just get rid of this idea that they have to have some sort of um, across-the-board, world-sweeping relevance. I would just say... 
do whatever you want to do. A bit like Bowie in his later years. Like, just make make something that you want you want to do, and don't chase something else. There's there's no point. Um, the other thought I had is a direction. So what I mean by that is <laughs> pick something and then try to commit to it a little bit. So we've got a chance, maybe a snowball in hell's chance of there being a cohesive record because the thing that they've they kind of came close to it with songs of innocence but they've not delivered a cohesive record for so long a start to finish this is one whole thing where if you remove one piece of the jigsaw it's all buggered and it doesn't work out well okay so that's what i would say i'd say once don't just say we've got 50 songs and we'll pick the 10 best get as many songs as you need to and go in a direction and make a statement with it that's what i would say I agree with that. However, the, a, a change needs to be made. They can't spend four years working on a record. Yep. Because it, I would say, you know, six months is a long time if you're trying to chase one idea. The world changes. Look at songs of experience. It was supposed to be six months later, then nine months later, then a year, then two years. The world changed between songs of innocence and songs of experience. In a huge way. The world's a very different place now than it was when Songs of Experience came out. Four years is just too long to chase one idea, to have one cohesive album mm. and one cohesive idea. It won't work like that. Well, and I'm sorry, Edge, if you you know, you know want to take that time, but it, it isn't going to happen like that. I don't see it happening like that. I don't know how many of the greatest records of all time... How many of them took four years to put together? It doesn't seem to be a thing to me that, you know, and I'm not getting, there's a lot of stuff I love on Songs of Experience. There's a lot of stuff I love on Songs of uh, Innocence, but I can only think that they would have been stronger albums if it was uh, an intense six weeks, eight weeks of like, no, we're getting this done. Go into a studio with Rick Rubin, work, work to his arrangement change the way you write a record i would love to see them like end their careers in the way like david bowie did or the way like johnny cash did um but i i they they need to change the way they work at this point yeah and this is going to come on to i I, i've got a similar point to make later on about that so i guess I'll, i'll just shelve that for now but i i do agree it's just it's too long it is too long anyway we got a bit serious there so bono Again, um, there's no obligation. You do need to drink. We both need to drink. But then there's no competitive element. The whole point is a drinking oh, game, fuck. isn't it? Therefore, like you tried to catch me out with the old the old bee juice from before, the old non-tame <laughs> bee juice. Right. Next question that Sean has asked then is, um, I think this is a lovely question. Uh, what are your favourite U2 songs about love? So um, my one would be, and when I thought about this, I realised that. Um, you two have got some great songs which are synonymous with that idea of love, like All I Want Is You, that kind of thing, um, one. And th- the thing is, those songs are fantastic and the transcendent quality is because they are vague. You know, that that's the whole point of them. They are big, sweeping ideas, big, sweeping emotions. All I Want Is You, that's something that could easily be, you know, a wedding song or something like that. But um, I was thinking, I, I like the ones that seem the most intimate and the most specific to Bono. And then you can feel the emotion more. So the ones that be for me would be Landlady, which I just think is it's the closest we're going to get to understanding 
how he's had that dependence on Ali for so long and the kind of qualities that she has. And it's such a delicately produced and beautiful song that it, it fits brilliantly. So I'd say that... Or on a similar vein. What's, what's beautiful about Landlady, and I've never, I, I only thought this recently when listening to it, is like a landlady, whether it be the landlady of a uh, a property or the landlady of a pub, isn't always your most favourite person in the world. But to write an ode to that person mm. shows a deeper kind of affection than love. I think you know, it's like this is a person you can't. Uh, you can't be without, mm. uh, and it, it goes beyond love. That idea of being a landlady. This is somebody who keeps you in check. It's amusing me to sure think it, about what it would be like if he had written about like a burly northern or you know like an Irish landlady. You know that would be good. Like banging the gong, get out, get out. You've had your pies now. Leave, please. <laughs> not a lock in today. It's not. It's not Super Friday. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Bono would have done oh crap if he would have done an impression on that but you know <laughs> I'll join it's you. harder than you think um, anyway we'll leave yeah. that there um, that and Promenade I think show um, that early very beautiful it's, the thing is for me it's not so much in the lyrics as so much in the in the production and things like that so Landlady and Promenade have this really beautiful kind of spirally twirling looking up at the stars kind of quality which i which i really like and i guess in a similar way iris has that although the love is very different it's it's maternal and it's a it's a it's a lost love rather than a romantic love um those are the ones i would go to um above all i want is you i'm gonna sound like an absolute uh loser here and you can tell i've had a few drinks already now um but uh, i would say look i remember one of my very first girlfriends and oh god this is going one of those singing. podcasts is it <laughs> we're only halfway yeah. through uh, i i <laughs> not even no. that i remember uh singing uh i can't help falling in love with you to her you know and it was just this um you know perfect the zoo tv version well i was singing the song you know what I, I can't say I was doing all the falsetto. That's what I was wondering. I was wondering, are you going for you know, more like a, a crooner <laughs> or a kind of a Zoo TV I just version? Said, I just said it again. I know, that's oh why I said God. the Zoo TV version. Right. Really not been doing very well at coming up with nicknames for him, are we? The B-Man. A.K.A. the the artist formerly known as The Fly. Um, yeah, so I wasn't going for that, but I felt every bit of the song and every bit of the emotion behind it. Uh, another time I was falling in love with somebody else and um, the ground beneath her feet just, wow, just completely blew me away. Uh, amazing lyrics, amazing understanding of that obsession uh, of falling in love with somebody and needing to express that, you know, that feeling that you have. Um, and uh, despite that relationship being a long, long time ago now. Very fond memories of that period where, where we were falling in love and still one of my favourite songs. Mm. Um, absolutely top two. Soundtrack uh, to one of your favourite movies. You... <laughs> High quality yeah, right. uh, film there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the one I thought of immediately when you asked the question um, was Love Comes Tumbling. Oh, because yeah. Because yeah. love is a fall. You know, love is an absolute fall from grace. It makes you act like an idiot. It makes you... Uh, self-conscious, it makes you paranoid. Um, 
and such a subtle song, absolute amazing uh, arrangement between the band mm. at that and point. good bassline. Uh, yeah, like every U two song. Mm. Not everyone. Um, okay, and the last one from Sean Whelan, who's probably thinking he wished he'd never asked. Um, Favourite band that influenced you too? There's a lot to pick from here, um, and I really have enjoyed doing Tummel um, to, in order to go back, particularly to the bands who've influenced you too, and I think we're going to do a couple more of those soon on Tummel. Um, but it's got to be Kraftwerk for me. Or The Clash, but mainly Kraftwerk. Uh, I don't know. It's one of those two. That, that's interesting. Or The Ramones. N- number, number one... Ne- <laughs> yeah, number one never changes for me. Number one is you two above and beyond. Um, it, it's difficult. There are artists that I listen to a lot. There are artists that I listen to more than you two, um, but I, I don't, I don't, I can never, I can never say who number two is. The bands that have been in my life a long time: Editors, Arcade Fire, The Killers. Uh, the um, influence you two, so not not editors. Not Arcade Fire. Well, I guess Arcade Fire. Oh, the in, the, that influence. Yeah, them. influence. The band that influence. Past them. tense. Oh yeah. Uh, probably, probably Kraftwerk. Pro- probably. One thing that was interesting you know? was realizing how much of an influence um, Simple Minds had on them, which we just kind of never properly gone into, and that was that was good to do um, over the last couple of years. That that sort of thing on Tummel. Yeah, the, the, uh, the closer I get to Depeche Mode, like, just yep. uh, this this year, absolutely hammered Depeche Mode. I uh, so in love with that band, and I, I love that I'm I'm discovering that band a uh, little late, but oh well. And uh, yeah, it's a it's it's a weird relationship that you two have with their contemporaries. They like to have a clear divide between them. But they do borrow. Mm-hmm. My God, do they borrow? Uh, and they, you know, often they they perfect. Yeah, uh, I would have to say later Clash, mm-hmm. uh, later Ramones. I'm not so keen on the earlier stuff. <laughs> uh, the Beatles are great, and and I, but they're a, they're a band. I feel like there's so much about the Beatles that I'm I'm intimidated about doing a full on deep. I dive. can't get near. I can't get near them in that sort of way. You know, I can't get past the first fence of the Beatles in terms of really properly getting into this stuff because it, there is so much there and they are such a huge presence. Although I did enjoy Paul McCartney um, slash Andrew Lansbury on um, Adam Buxton's podcast recently. Well done. Well done. <laughs> um, yeah, so so that was that was that was good. Um, right, let's And so this is Christmas. That's John Lennon. So what have you done? John Lennon as performed by... That's worse than that guy from the Million Dollar Hotel. Bloody awful, bro. Another year over. The new one just begun. Right, okay. Let's, uh, let's, let's segue into something else, then. Hi, guys. Hope you're enjoying the episode so far. It's Christmas, and we're giving away three... Yes, three... All That You Can't Leave Behind 20th Anniversary promo packs literally all you have to do to be in with a chance of winning one of these is send us a direct message on twitter or an email to revu2contact at gmail.com we want to know what your favorite review to memory is from the past four years that's all you have to do get in touch let us know have we made you laugh have we made you cry have we made you stop the car have we made you angry just tell us what your favourite and most memorable moment of the Review 2 podcast 
has been. That's all you have to do. DM us on Twitter or send us an email to revu2contact at gmail.com. Okay, let's have a look at my little pile. Well, it's quite a large pile of presents here. In fact, why, why don't you grab two? Uh, then we'll, I think that brings Okay, sure. Well, well I've, got, I've got these two. I've got a, a tiny one. Yeah, go for that. Yeah. And then this one. Show me the side. <laughs> yes. Okay. Right, I'm, Open I'm... the big, bigger one first. Right, okay. I've been allowed to... These are very well wrapped. Did you do these? No, I got my sister to do it. <laughs> okay. We, we said we were doing a responsible drinking uh, podcast here. Um, yes. And just a record, I've had about half a can of Guinness, so that shows you how wild it is. Um, okay, so <laughs> this is Do or Drink. So the game is simple. Separate the white cards into two piles and shuffle. Um, so wait, so we have to pick. We have to pick something out that we either do or we drink. Is that the idea? We don't necessarily. Yeah, we yeah we don't necessarily need to do it on the podcast. Um, but I know that you are a huge fan of card games and board games. And I am you're guilty. Also, you're also you're also quite partial to a bit of the old alcohol. Well, responsibly, yes, but that would fit fit, <laughs> fit together nicely. Um, well, just in the so we're not a tease. I am gonna. I, I thank you for this. Cheers, man. I, I will use this definitely, but I'm just gonna take out one of the cards at random. Um, let one person in the group slap you as hard as they can in the <laughs> ass or finish your drink. In the ass. <laughs> it's the word in, in the, this. It, it, Actually on surely the, actually in the ass yeah okay um do you know many proctologists uh well my mum my mum's uh, uh, a doctor so a medical doctor she's a radiologist so maybe she knows a couple of good ones um you'll have to ask your dad <laughs> but he's a dentist so he has his hands in uh, people's mouths uh, not um anyway he's the next one is challenge another player to a dance-off. The rest of the group vote to decide who won. Loser dr- finishes their drink. That sounds utterly terrifying to me, that idea. And if we played that against... If I drew that card and I had to challenge you to a dance-off, it would be so embarrassing because it would be so obvious that you would win because you would commit to it and I would hate but I, every but second. I'm not a, but I'm not a good dancer. I can't that's not, dance. That's not, that's not the skill. The skill is being able to commit. Like a frog. Anyway, um, let's have a look at the um, the next one. The small package that you got for me. It's, it's very. Is there anything actually in here? Oh, there is. Yeah. Let's have a look. So it's a little pin of some sort. Um, and oh, that's very cute. So I believe that's a little heart with wings. That's from If God Will Send His Angels. Is that is that right? Correct. Yeah. So An yeah. original 1997 If God Will Send His Angels badge. Shut your mouth. It's original. Yes, it is. It's an original. Wow. I thought we had a limit on how much we were spending here. How would you get this so cheap, then? Uh, they are cheap as chips on eBay. Yeah. Is this original, then? I, I, I believe so. They're always, they say it is. Well, I like that very much, and I will be I'll be putting it on one of my um, one of my jackets at some point. Um, your cagoules. <laughs> you don't want to be putting a hole in a cagoul, Tyler. That defeats the <laughs> defeats the object, you silly sausage. Okay, Johnny, I'm I'm going to uh, I'm going to indulge us uh, at this point. I want to ask you what your favourite Christmas present ever was. Um, I think it's do or drink the uh, the board game that I just can't give them by you. Um, <laughs> that's a difficult one. I don't know. Um, 
Um, you really sprung this one on me. Um, Christmas, I don't remember as much as birthday presents. Maybe like maybe it's because it's slightly more egocentric to, to have a birthday present. Um, I remember when I was very small, my brother and I got... Well, I got given a tractor and um it was a it was a really nice uh tractor and it had big bright colors and that was better than my brother's current tractor at the time these are you know pedal tractors and he was visibly annoyed that my tractor was better even though as has been proven by you know every other year of our lives he's the better driver um and he likes cars which i'm not that interested in um so i remember that but i can't remember anything specific (laughs) too much and there was a year when I got not only a not only a copy of the Killers Hot Fuzz, but a a nice big blue bottle of Bombay Sapphire. That was pretty good. I think you told this story on the uh, Tumble episode of of Hot Fuzz. Well, I'm not if uh, nothing if if not repetitive. Uh, do you have one? Yeah, um, it's and my this is a bit surprising, but my granddad was um, a very very good carpenter. Um, on, on my mother's side, and uh, you shouldn't know, really be um, carving pieces out of your mother. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he would—he was always wood turning, and you know, like he was very, very good. I've got a few things that he made uh, during his lifetime, but I—I I got a nice. It was like a little wooden tool kit, you know, toolbox, and a load of balsa wood. And I just, I just loved like you know banging nails into it and you know cutting <laughs> bits off, trying to make like toy cars and little little things like that. And mm. and I, I remember like you know I had this big block of wood and my mum was like, why don't you do something with that? And I was like, oh, I've got plans for it. You know, like I'm a six year old or something. And I, I've got pl- and I did have plans for this block of wood. I just mm. for some reason never got round. It sounds like a it. fable. It was, the, it was never the right time. You know, the to wood do it. that but never always, was. <laughs> It had a saw in it, a hammer, a chisel, uh, and it was just great to, you know, like do all that kind of stuff. I was really into that, and uh, I kind of am. I, st- I kind of still am. I'm still good at DIY, but I, I think that w- that's one of the presents that really stands out to me. Is so yeah, that was. That did was you actually cool. carve anything? Did you actually make this wood into anything then? I I made toy cars. Uh, I had a little craft book, so you know I tried. Everything was rubbish, but I tried my best, you know, to try and make it look like what was in the book. <laughs> well, that's and, all we can expect, I think. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was it was good fun, and I, I enjoyed it. Uh, why don't you have a go at opening one of my presents and receive one of the best Christmas presents you've ever had? Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna like do a, a dive into here. Yeah, you can have any any one of those ones. Um, just while Tyler is doing that, disclaimer, or something we just found out while we took a minor break, my main present, the main thing, the, the coup de grace that was meant to be a huge thing, has not turned up. I'm very annoyed. I was made promises about delivery that were not kept, and um, we might end up being able to edit that in depending on when it arrives. But Tyler, what have you got from the big uh, Johnny Christmas bumper that I've sent you? Uh, I have a book, a joke book, <laughs> called That's Terrible. A cringeworthy collection of 1,001 really bad jokes. Right, let's my begin only, at one and see how my, far we get. <laughs> the only element of surprise about this present is it doesn't have your name on the front. <laughs> well, maybe I use a pseudonym. Called, yeah, it's, it's written by a guy called Gary Rowley. Yeah, if you arrange all, rearrange all those words... 
letters. You still don't get my name. So right, I've just, just flicked to a random page. Yeah, go on. Right. Keep it clean. Uh, well, I'm I'm picking them at random. I so, think I think uh, they all are actually clean. I saw uh, I saw a writing pad working out at the gym. I thought, oh look, an exercise book. <laughs> Pretty good. I said, Doctor, I can't stop sighing with relief. He said, you're obviously a man of few words. What? Few. Oh, few, right, few PH, it's, a, it's, a, it's an eye joke. Um, right, yeah. just do 20 more. <laughs> do do a couple what? more, and let me see if I can spot the ending before it comes. And this can be a fun game for people at home. <laughs> a sign in HMV said, door alarmed. I thought, no wonder with the exorcist... The director's cut playing in loop on, on the adjacent aisle. There's so many better very ways. Wordy. So many better. Yeah, wordy. you could have done that in so many better ways. I went to the video store. I said, "Do you have Men in Black?" He said, "Surely you must have noticed security by the door." Again, there's a seed of a good joke, but the the payoff is pretty terrible. All right, last one. Go on. I said, please, please, please don't let me turn out like you. I was begging to differ. <laughs> Not bad. Thanks. Oh, there's a joke about Wayne Rooney. Now, we, myself and Johnny don't know football, but yeah. I understand that uh, a few of our listeners might. Wayne Rooney missed a penalty, so I ran on the pitch, broke his legs and pushed the goalposts over. Mum sent me straight to bed, and put my Sabutio back in the cupboard. <laughs> it's not a joke. Well, yeah, because they, they, you thought that he meant actually attacking Wayne Rooney, who by now is probably a senior citizen in terms of football terms. Oh, I well. went to the bottle bank. The cashier's name was Stella. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Fair enough. Well, yeah, I mean... I feel like I should get you another pin from 1997. <laughs> the the main present I was going to get you would have made up for how bad that one is uh, but don't worry listeners, there will be at least one joke per podcast from now on from the great uh, joke book, maybe we'll stick them right on the end of the pod or something <laughs> right so let's move swiftly on um, and we probably do need to speed up a little bit here, to Taylor Further. I hope I'm saying don't that right don't worry about that, let's just enjoy it and like let's just um edit it and see what happens yeah but we've run like a long time here so let's 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 move slightly quicker we'll do well, we'll having d- fun yeah but i'm just saying less nonsense from us and more nonsense from the fans so taylor Ferdert's a long time listener uh first time emailer four years strong listening from montana usa montana um and taylor says i'm curious about your thoughts on having a favorite band that is removed by two generations I am a younger fan. I'm 32. Um, I think he means younger, comparatively speaking, like to most U2 fans. And also, I'm 32 and Tyler's 30. Um, So, my first album purchase was Atomic Bomb. Personally, I think there are pros and cons to getting into U2 so late in the career, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts, especially as the band continues to get seemingly closer to the end. Mm, okay, I mean, I guess the first thing to say is we did have a big discussion um, about the idea of generational difference in U2 with Jeff Morton from the Colorado Sports Guy podcast. So you can always have a look at that if you want to see us in-depth answer this question. 
Yeah, but big shout out to Jeff. Big, big Merry Christmas shout out to Jeff. Uh, thanks for having us on. Really great. And there's still people listening to that and discovering that episode and uh, sending nice feedback. So thank mm. you to those people. And uh, once again, thank you to Jeff for having us on. Yeah. It's going to be difficult for me to answer that question without repeating what I said. But I said on Jeff's podcast that the later you get into U2's career, the more canon there is to get into. So I got into U2 at the same time as you, actually. And... Um, I, and I feel like they were legends. So it was almost easier to get on board with a lot of the stuff, uh, even stuff that I later thought, thought maybe that isn't that good, actually. You know, at first it was like, no, these these, are, these these people are legends. Like, it must be good. It must be me that's at fault, you know. Mm. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I feel like that. I, I struggle more now with the new stuff because it's not, it doesn't have the seal of approval. It doesn't have the legendary stamp on it. Um, but as I say, there are there are things on the new albums. I think Songs of Innocence is an absolutely amazing album. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and and I and I think Songs of Experience has a lot, but not as much merit. I think the the main problem, uh, and I agree with what Tyler was saying there, but the main issue is as a younger sort of fan who was only able i mean the only time we were actually able you know we were enough about you you two and and into them enough and having enough disposable income i think we just missed the end of the elevation tour although i might be wrong but the only time we could get into them properly was the bomb tour and um well, that album cycle uh, yeah the vertigo tour obviously bomb yeah and the vertigo tour and um, that album cycle solidified us as, as you two fans yeah and the problem is as you start to look through all the albums and you get to joshua tree and pop and acting baby in particular for me you realize oh i've missed all the best stuff in a lot of ways and it's hard to shake that feeling looking back at the kind of things they've they've done Although I think the amount that we've seen you two, and there must be fans who are just getting into them now who missed the Vertigo tour, who probably look back at it in the same way that I look back on Popmart or um, the Elevation tour. It, it's it is kind of it's a privilege in some ways, and it's um, sad in other ways that we missed what would be seen as the best bits. And you think that um, it's sad that you missed that, but that's that's kind of the the most annoying thing about it, really. Um, but if you want a, a longer discussion of how we fit in and what we feel about that subject of generations, then uh, yeah, I'd, I'd go over to Jeff's podcast. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thoroughly uh, recommend. Jeff does everything. Music, film, uh, TV, uh, sports. He's, he's, he's on the network, the Colorado Sports Guys. Uh, thoroughly enjoy uh, any episode that I, that I listen to. And I probably haven't listened to enough. Um, but uh, yeah, fully fully recommend. We'll even put a link of that episode into the description of this episode just to make it a little bit easier for you. Sure. And the next question that Taylor asks is, at the end of the Experience and Innocence tour, Bono was quoted as wanting to release a balls to the wall, pardon the language, just quoting him. Don't worry, Taylor, I think we can we can just manage that, that level of profanity on the podcast. A balls-to-the-wall rock album where the band really gets after it. Not sure exactly what that means, but one interpretation would be to release a really guitar-heavy album. I'm curious about your thoughts of you two really going for it and releasing the heaviest guitar album so late in their career and giving Edge more of a spotlight on the guitar, despite his minimalist style. I think that's a, that's a great question. Um... I would be so intrigued to see what that would translate into. 
But my problem with that is I remember, and I've probably said this before, when How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb was coming out, and I think also when Get On Your Boots was coming out, Bono gets into this promotional mode and he starts to big up the Edge and say, like, Edge is doing things that I've never seen before on guitar. Right, you, you have said Bono quite a lot. All right, right, here we go. Glug, glug, glug. We, right. we need to drink. I, I need to, to... Do I have a shot or do I open a new Guinness? I don't know. Ask the fans. <laughs> they say shot. They say shot. Uh, maybe that's what they're saying. Um, so, Bono gets into this mode and he says... Oh God. He says... Oh. Edge. Stop saying the. F Stop saying his name. Oh, <laughs> God's sake! Right, fine. So, the captain, the B man, uh, Emmy Fist, and um, MB man. Anyway, he says Edge has been working on some really crazy guitar stuff. You won't believe where it's coming from. And then it comes out, and because he has bigged it up so much, it ends up just being a kind of i mean the worst <laughs> you could do that with oh. with any u2 song and make it sound rubbish drivel well anyway anyway the point is that i would I, i'm very happy when edge is being heavy so when you hear songs like i don't know for example gone or Last Night on Earth, or The Fly, or Until the End of the World, or even Blackout. I, I do like it when it's heavy, and I, I like heavy guitars. The whole point is, does it serve the song that's actually being put out there? So you've you've said that Edge has a minimalist style. Yes, he does, generally speaking. But it when it needs to be different, he will really change it up. So with Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, that is a heavy guitar song, I would say. It's a really satisfying riff to play. And it works because there is so much thrown at it. It it could fit and it would be good, but I just don't see them doing a consistently heavy rock album. I think that it seems unlikely, but I, I would love to hear it. I would say the most consistent album before Songs of Innocence was pop in that it was one idea. They were pushing what it meant to be U2 and who they were. Uh, it was the most dance-orientated. It was the most in a way pop orientated uh they were really pushing guitar sounds drum uh, drum machine sounds they uh they really went for it what makes pop such a great album is the lyrics it is held together by being soulful by in a way being completely naked because they had enough of a facade around the music that um that i think bono had some confidence in saying something real because the focus wasn't really on him and what he was doing and that's the difference so to I, boots isn't it because boots has is a quote-unquote yeah. heavy song it's a very fast song technically but doesn't translate and doesn't carry weight and doesn't get played live very much if ever um although i'd still rather have it in the set than some other boring songs um because if, it, it if doesn't they, mean it's not about anything if they want to bring out a death metal album i'll listen to it but I, I, I'll, I'll mm. tell you how it succeeds right now. It succeeds with great lyrics. Like, you can hide behind whatever you want, whatever mask you want, but you two need to have a heart. You two songs need to have a heart. I've and, got a heart. Um, it's this, it's this uh, official 1998, was it? Seven. Seven. One. Um... 
Yeah, just checking the workmanship. It does look genuine. It does look genuine. Genuine or schmenuine? <laughs> it's a callback to a very old radio show that I used to do a long time ago. Do you know what ago. I think we should do? I think we should put out our um, uh, Fuse FM radio show. I think yep. we've, we've on, there's only one that survived, right? No, I've got... I've With got, the two of us. Yeah, and that was... Have uh, you got all of them? I've got all of them, but it, I mean, to be fair, it wasn't your show. It was, it was mine and my friend David's show. I did about five of them. Uh, well, okay, yeah, you get co-host credits, I guess. Yeah, that's fine. But I think we should. I, I certainly think we should put one of our Fuse FM shows up as a little bonus because and, I'd see that at solidly as the very first U two episode review two episode. What did I say? U <laughs> two episode. Um, yeah. Well, if anyone I just realized, to... I, I just re- realized I've said uh, Captain Sexy Pants's name several times, so I'm going to take a big sweet swig of Guinness. Oh God. It's it's weird how how much you can tell this is affecting you, because <laughs> normally you wouldn't you wouldn't be this. I think you're you're just high on life at the moment and excited to be talking to all the fans. It's Christmas, the snow's coming down. Oh dear! I'm watching it fall. Okay, I couldn't tell whether it's that Christmas, w- Johnny. It's Christmas. Yeah, I'm f- fully aware of that, but I I I, I didn't know whether it's you. Christmas, Mister Johnny. It's Christmas. I didn't know. Christmas. <laughs> I didn't know whether you were doing Slade or Mariah Carey, and that is a problem when you can't tell the difference between those two bands. You know, I was doing Bono. Who? Bono. Oh, <laughs> steady. Right. Okay. So let's carry on then, um, and let's get to um, uh, review two regular Ian Walker, who is asking uh, from California, what would be your ideal set list? Not. By the way, I think it's I think it's California. I think it's California. I said California. I could be wrong. Oh. What? Oh, right. I said, I thought you meant I, I'd pronounce I've, it wrong. I've guessed at California. I think it's California. Well, Hi, Ian. Anyway. Go on. Yes, hello, Ian. Um, what would your ideal set list, not including stuff that's always in the set list, a niche fan set list, if you will, 20 songs that are rarely if ever played live? Um, now, my only thing to this would be is, I, you remember when I did the when we did our YouTube top 10s? I think yeah. I constructed a set list which was essentially that. So it, I was it was taking on board the fact that yes, no one would pay to come and watch this apart from diehard U2 fans. So I think I had very weird choices in there. Like I think it began with the three sunrises or something like that. It definitely <laughs> had. Deep. Oh yeah, endless deep twenty times. Um, it definitely would have featured some of my firm favourites like Acrobat, which by this point now has has been played live, although. Um, Kind of well, sad that it wasn't Ian, better. Ian's asked us for 20. Let's do five each, because I can think of three off the top of my head easily. Well, let's trade Let's uh, trade off then. So you say one, I say one. Okay. Um, uh, like a song. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, Steve um, in Japan has asked, what three songs would you most like to hear you two play from any album next time you see them? I think we can roll this into this, because... I think, yeah, certainly, yeah. Yeah. and guess what my number and one hello, choice was. Hello to, St- hello to Steve. Thank you for your support. Legendary four and a half fan. Years. Yes. You've, yeah, you've been with us uh, a long, long time. Um, we really do appreciate, it. and I always love getting a, a message from you. Last time I got a message from Steve was when I was in Seoul last year, and I know um, he went to the Japan show, uh, which was just after that. And um, yeah, just one day, Steve guarantee we'll have a beer i was gonna say i've just got this amazing like vision where um after 
after COVID becomes manageable enough, then you know, I just have this idea of all of all the review two fans and you two fans having a nice big beer together. So not one. It's going to be know. like a Grecian bathos when we've all done. Ugh, I think Tyler's got different fantasies about what's going to happen. Um, so number one, <laughs> number one on my list was like a song. So that's that's my one. So switch back to you. So. Well, I said like a song. Yeah, but so now I've got now I've got to pick another no, one. No, you don't. No, we're just we're just doing a few. That's we're just chucking in a few. So we both said like a song. Yes. So that's definitely in. Um, yeah, uh, love comes tumbling. Yep. Three, Easy. Three sunrises, also from Wide Awake in America, but I would I would want it on there. I think it would make yeah, a great Heartland. second set uh, second set opener, like um, the Three Sunrises, because it begins with a kind of swell, and people are thinking, oh, God, it's streets again. And then, no, it's it's actually um, a, an amazingly, inspirationally different song. Um, right, sorry, yeah. what did you say? Heartland. Heartland, yeah, I, I'll have that. Um, next one for me would be Promenade. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Mm. Uh, I, I could literally like pick any song from pop, I just think it's such an abused album, such an underplayed You were saying album. Please should be making a comeback, so we could put Please oh, in there. Oh, God, yeah. Did you see the response that got on Twitter? It did, yeah. It was a huge. Disturbing it response. Was huge. If if it was if you two to if you two choose to ignore, you know the the groundswell. Me much longer. Out. I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> um. Um, for other ones for me yeah, would be um, do you feel loved because if they go back to that with, with confidence they can make it work yeah uh, original of the species I don't know how many I've said now well that's a couple more um, also I would like to see um, oh you you remind me of this um, Indian Summer Sky yeah I mean, these Fantastic. are never going to happen in any universe but you know these are the ones we no. would like to see yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that they have so many great songs now, and um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, unfortunately, I feel like I'm gonna. If you two do four more tours, then I'm gonna see Pride four more times. Yep. You know, I'm Sadly. gonna see. I'm gonna see one four more times. I'm gonna see Where the Streets Have No Name four more times. I've never seen a bad version of Where the Streets Have No Name, but. Uh, the 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 excitement level for any of the songs we've just mentioned would be off the chain. Mm. Well, landlady, let's play landlady. Landlady, landlady would be a good one. And yeah. um, as I said, uh, lady with a spinning head would make my head explode. So let's explode our heads at the next set of presents. Then, so Tyler, do you want to go, or do you want, do you want me to go? I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I think Tyler. I've got another book here. You may have another book. Oh, thanks for giving me the gift of words. <laughs> this is Philip Larkin poems. Oh, selected by Martin Amos. Yeah. I've read a lot about Martin Amos. Um, actually, we're recording this on the 15th of uh, December uh, 2020, and that is the ninth year anniversary of the passing of Christopher Hitchens, um, who I'm a huge fan of. And I also wonder if anybody's got a picture of Bono and Christopher Hitchens. They had several mutual friends, and despite having certain philosophical differences, I do wonder if the two ever crossed paths or a photo of the two exists. He's a huge hero of mine. So I wonder if, yeah, I wonder. Uh, I is there I, a reason behind this? Well, present Johnny. Well, one reason, one reason was the fact that um, it said if you add about um, four pounds worth of 
eligible books, then you can get free shipping. So I thought I'll chuck. I it. can't believe you're not you you've, you're not signed up to Amazon Prime. It's 2020, you fool. Well, I, I feel bad about using Amazon anyway. To be honest, I think they're a, a bunch of swindlers for not paying the taxes. But anyway, um, convenience reigned, and and my my ethics also did. Anyway, the point is, I thought. Let's give Tyler an introduction to one of the best poets ever. And also, as we're on the podcast, you could pick a poem and you could read a short poem, if possible, and you could read it on the podcast and we can see and we can see what we think about it. Let's give Tyler, who has two English degrees yes, in I'm aware. English literature and creative writing, an introduction to Philip Larkin. Do you have any you Philip think- Larkin compilations? I don't, but have studied some. Yeah, see, um, I knew you didn't have any actual Philip Larkin. As in, like, this is a really nice little guide. And the thing with Larkin is he was relatively prolific, so the complete Larkin would be too much. So this is just a little bit of Larkin, a little bit of Larkin, which is what I we're doing. I found a short poem. I found a short poem. All right, let's, okay. let's hear it then. Are you going to are you going to put a nice bed under this? Uh, I can do. Can you just check there's no swearing in it? Which one is it? Dawn. Oh. That could, with Larkin, that could be about a woman, and it could get racy. But go on, anyway. There's no, there's no, there's no story. Okay. To wake, and hear a cock. Out of the distance, crying. To pull the curtains back, and see the clouds flying. How strange it is, for the heart to be loveless, and as cold as these. Mm. There we go. That was Dawn by uh, Philip Larkin. I think there probably were some uh, some saucy bits in that poem, but I don't think they were necessarily uh, emphasised. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they were as, as proud as they might have been in a different way of reading it. But yeah, interesting. I'm, try- I'm trying to find a re- another really small. God, we've become cultured, haven't we? <laughs> if you can, if you can find it, one that's really good is called the. Tr- that's the first time I've read a poem on this podcast, and you've not laughed. <laughs> Because it's not one of yours. And it doesn't have gravy in it. (laughs) Uh, I'll do going. Oh, that's a good one. There is an evening coming in across the fields. One never seen before. That lights no lamps. Silken, it seems, at a distance. Yet when it is drawn up over the knees and breast, it brings no comfort. Where has the tree gone that locked earth to the sky? What is under my hands that I cannot feel? What loads my hands down? See? No, that's good. I got feels then. Well, Merry fucking Christmas, everybody. Oh, if that's not got you in the mood, <laughs> what has? I also thought it'd be Are funny to gonna... get a miserable book of poems for you for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> They are good though. That's good though, isn't it? This is our image. Yeah, it is. It's, 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 it's very good. It's very good. But we'll save that for our uh, our subsidiary podcast review. Larkin, uh, are you opening a present now? Are we? Are yeah, yes, I'll open a present. Although, two, if we do end up doing that, if we do end up doing that podcast, it will be called Larkin about. Right. So, um, what's which? I've got three here. Um, I've got one that's DVD size. Should I open that one? Yes. Right. How many have you got left? Uh, three. Whereas you've got one left, have you? Yes. Yes. Um, so you can open two. And he, he he has... There is one on the side, but I'm, I'm going to say again, I was made promises about delivery that were not kept, and I will not be using that service again. 
Grab four Noxus present. And it's... I did, I did wrap that one. It's Stop Making Sense, a film by Jonathan Dem and Talking Heads. And it's a DVD release of um, of a gig by the hit band Talking Heads that Tyler and I have been talking about on, uh, covering on Tummel for a long time. And I presume this is because you want to do this on Tummel at some point. Yeah, you can't get out of it now. We've announced it. Uh, it's happening. Season three will be uh, of Tummel will be coming out next month. Um, one, the only thing, the only episode I think that Johnny's ever really had a bit of a problem with uh, as a suggestion is this mm. DVD. Stop making sense. Now I think this is an amazing DVD. I think it uh, deconstructs the live show. I think it's there's a lot to talk about, and I think there's a lot of great tunes in there <laughs> by a very very great band. And so I know that as soon as Johnny the back. puts this. This Blu-ray, Blu-ray, not DVD, Blu-ray, oh, well. in, into his uh, PS4, he'll fall in love with it too. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's a little spoiler for uh, Tummel Season 3. It's making me laugh because not only does it say E, exempt from classification, which makes me sound like it was X-rated or something, which I'm sure it wasn't, um, but it's got this. It says, <laughs> it says, and maybe I just find this funny. The film's legendary opening sees an enigmatic frontman, David Byrne, walk onto an empty stage and launch into a mesmerising stripped-back rendition of Psycho Killer. With each new song, another band member joins him until the talking heads are complete and Byrne takes to the stage in his iconic big suit. That's so, yeah. <laughs> so the iconic thing about the lead singer of this, David Byrne, is that he has a big suit. Nothing funny there. Jesus, I mean, like people call you too gimmicky for having a big lemon, but a big, at least a lemon's a statement. Just a large suit, man can't dress himself. <laughs> no, thank you for that. I will watch it. I didn't realize it was a, a Blu-ray because, um, unlike every other Blu-ray I've got, it's not in a blue case. It's in a dark black case. It's black. Yes. Interesting. Isn't that nice. Well, yeah, you're, you're welcome. S- keep it. Keep it. Keep it. Yep. Yeah. Um, stop making sense. <laughs> I believe we already have. Um. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. F- feel free to open another one, then we'll, we'll head on to more questions. Yet another. Okay, go on. One more then. Right. We've well, got something that's squishy, as in your present. Squishy. Yeah. And there's one that's box shaped. Oh, go for the box. Right. Okay. Go for the, the squishy one's your main one. The box. See, I got you a squishy main one, but it's not been delivered. Squishy main. Squishy main. Why are you so squishy, man? <laughs> okay, right, we've got then. Yet again, is it your sister's wrap these? Uh, yeah, I wrapped. I did wrap the Blu-ray. She re- but, uh, yes. She related to Houdini. <laughs> Music quiz. Taste. Uh, test your eighties, nineties rock and top of the charts trivia. Lovely. Available from Tesco, ladies and gentlemen. We're not, we shouldn't be plugging Tesco if they're not going to give us something. Can I open this now? I basically had five. I, I basically had five pounds left, and I thought, um, well, it's, it's a fiver from Tesco. Didn't have any Larkin. Uh, <laughs> right. What in Tesco? <laughs> Sorry, I got all my books. Um, I, I, right, do you want me to? I'll, I'll ask one from. Shall I ask one from eighties, considering our 
uh, we've talked about U2 and that they began in the 80s well kind of yeah I mean uh, is, the, is the answer on the back can you c- kind of cover up the answers so that you don't know um, I don't know I'm currently fiddling with plastic if you that'd be good if you can then we can we can do a best of uh, three sure um, it's going to be difficult. So, right, so I, I think I might be able to. Right, okay, yeah, here we go. Oh, my God. Who duetted with MC Scat Cat on Opposites Attract? I'm going to say... I have n- no idea, but I'm going to go... I have no idea. Ice T. I have no idea. Is this 90s? It's Paula Abdul. Oh, Paula she's on the tip of my Abdul. tongue. Lucky her. Right. Uh, um, <laughs> Cry, Cry Little Sister features on the soundtrack of which 1987 movie? Cry Little Sister. There's people screaming at the podcast the right now. I've never bloody heard of it. Um, 1987, Top Gun. I don't know. Uh... I, I know I don't know I don't know The Lost Boys that's meant to be a big 80s right. classic this is dating us I think right last one please let's hope this will be yeah, right have we done 90s let's do some 90s we've got to fiddle with the plastic then fill then I'm a 90s I'm a 90s child well someone's got to win this we've got to play this until someone wins <laughs> it is sudden death my friend sudden death that's one way of describing this podcast well, actually, no, it isn't. It's long, drawn-out death. <laughs> someone, if someone leaves us a, a five-star review on iTunes with just that, just long, drawn-out death, I won't be unhappy. I'll find it really funny. Just if someone's if someone sends us that review, I will send them a promo pack. <laughs> Ooh, I was promising. Now he's had a drink or two. Right. Okay. Here we go. Right. So, which singer had a? I know this one. Right, which singer had a 1995 hit with You Ought to Know? I know that one. I have no idea. Do you really? Yeah, and Tyler, do you know what? You Ought to Know this one. Mm. Anyway, I think it's Shania Twain. See that or Anastasia? Oh. It was Alanis Morissette. Oh. Well, there we go. Uh, there we go. You come to you two for a review to for your uh, your your music knowledge. Well, we've proved that we 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 know nothing about other bands, which kind of proves how dedicated we are to you two. I've got one. I've got one more. Right, one more. Right. Okay. Which okay. '90s girl group sang "No Scrubs"? I do know this one. As in, oh. I don't want no scrubs, etc. <laughs> I I um no I don't know I don't I believe know. that was TLC. <gasps> yeah, I, I got it right. right. Yes, it only took five oh. questions. Yeah. Okay. Joe Maxwell from uh, Ireland has asked us on Twitter. Views on U2 Radio X. Would you listen to a twenty-four-seven U2 radio station? Um. No. I I don't have a lot of experience with, with Radio X. It, it's an American thing. I don't think you can listen to it in the UK. Is this Sirius uh, XM we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think you can listen to it uh, unless uh, you listen to it illegally. Um, I think it's a good idea. I think it's uh, a good idea for a, a band like you two to have a channel. 
but I don't have much experience with it, and I don't, I don't know. I imagine there is some good original content on there, but that is the key. How sustainable is it? How much original content can they put on there? Uh, I think you two are ripe for the picking of a um, a long, multi-part documentary on something like Netflix. But I, I don't know. Um, I listen to you two a lot, but I do like to listen to other bands. And I th- I think on on this on this radio station they do play bands related to you two. But I li- I do like having a mix and not always knowing what I'm listening to. So uh, I, I'm kind of in two minds about it. I don't want to listen to something, even you two, 24-7. But I don't think anyone um, sits there and listens to it, you know, just non-stop. And for, for me... Have you seen some of the crazies that listen to this show? Well, possibly that's true. Um, but, um, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to readily agree so quickly. Um, but the, the, the thing is, I if I and I did this not long ago. I just stuck on U two on Spotify and did a shuffle, and I enjoyed doing that because tracks came on that I would never normally link together because of the randomness of it, and it was really enjoyable. Um, the things that I like you would find most interesting would be stuff that I can't get anywhere else. If I want to listen to U two, I'll obviously just stick them on. But I would like to hear the the. If someone could make me like a, a snippets bit that's all just the original stuff and the stuff that Edge is, is doing. I think, it's on, I think it's on the website. I think it's on the website in the subscribers bit. I think there is something on in the subscribers bit. I, my, it's called U2 Extracts. Um, yeah. But hey, if, if you're look, you know, if you if you're looking to break into the UK and you want two hosts to uh, do a couple of hours a week, hello. What, do you know someone? Hello, hello. Oh, that's 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 my catchphrase. Not this yours. is review two, the YouTube podcast, oh, yeah. coming to you live from Sirius XM. Can you imagine? That's, it? Is that's that what probably it's called, the Sirius XM? yeah. Well, that, that's the worst um, audition. I mean, if there was ever a list, a long, long list with our names on it, they're getting a big fat, you know, sharpie through them now. Hello, boys. <laughs> Unnecessarily camp U two presenter. Yeah. Okay. Well, look. Obviously, if they if they wanted us to do something, I'd be more than happy to do it. But um, I don't think they would do. I didn't mean that as camp. Did that come across as camp? Listen back when the when the episode comes out, and you can you can judge for yourself. Um, I I, I don't have much to do with it. I I kind of feel that it wasn't maybe made as available as it could have been for um. UK listeners, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, maybe I've not think, tried. I think, hard I, think enough. I think Joe did say, you know, like why isn't it available like worldwide at this point? Surely we have the technology. I think we do, but I think it's a licensing thing. I think that's all it comes down to. It's licensing. I think there's different licensing laws in America than there is in the UK and Ireland. Um, do I think? I think we'll get it. I think we'll get it. Um, and, and maybe it's, it'll have been perfected at that point. Yeah, nice um, idea. I would listen to it. Will I listen to it all the time? Probably not. But I don't listen to anything all the time. I have little spells where I'll I'll indulge 100% in one thing and then I'll go away and do the same for something else. Um, but I, 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 there's definitely a market for it, yeah. Okay, well, let's move on to Neil from U2, then and now. He's asking from Liverpool. And he said, if you had a magic eraser of time... Which period in U2's history would you rub out? 
This would be either through embarrassment or for quality control reasons. What do you think, Tyler? No line on the horizon. That's exactly what I. That's what exactly what I put. The there. Well, now yeah. the thing is, I think the problem is: Are we taking this question as a kind of butterfly effect, sliding doors sort of thing? Because if you obviously, if you rub out rattle and hum, then there is no there is no reason to do that massive switch around that 180 that they did for Act and Baby. So rattle and hum, great album compared to other bands. Not great, in my opinion, compared to other U2 albums, but fundamentally important for switching them around, making them go in the direction that they did in the 1990s, or the early 1990s. Love, though, you probably could remove that, and it wouldn't have... It was just a very long time, and then when it came out, it was kind of half an, an okay album, and I like the 360 tour. I think that's fantastic. I think it's one of the crowning achievements of U2 Live. But if you really had to get rid of something that would make least impact on the career, it probably would be Enlove. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, and the 360 tour, uh, it didn't have the focus that it needed. Uh, I don't, I don't think it really. They, they barely tried at all with that enormous claw and uh, 360 staging. Yeah. Pull your finger That's, out, lads. Um... <laughs> it was too much. It was too much. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the problem. With not it. enough spaceship I, for uh, me. Yeah. Yeah, take it, um, take that out. Uh, I think with the str- uh, not the with Jesus, uh, my mind gone. Um, <laughs> it were so all that you can't leave behind is dismantle atomic bomb songs of innocence. Wow, what a decade! Even with three three albums, great decade. <laughs> uh, can't fault that. Um, <laughs> I, and I am imagining this question as kind of like on an excel sheet where you choose to delete a column and you can you know it just goes left and everything just moves over a little bit um so all you uh, microsoft nerds out there hello uh so yeah that's what i do that's what i do um enloff completely could be an argument for october but i think they learned a lot from october to get to war i think they learned a lot from rattling home to get to mm. acting baby i think they learned a lot from pop to get to all that you can't leave behind and those would generally be the parts I think that people would cut out. And I, I also was sort of thinking. And do you know what I definitely? Do you know what I definitely cut out? All the years in between albums, my God, they could have done all these albums in ten years. <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> so, I mean, these songs do have to percolate. They have to have some time to actually write the bloody things. Um, all right. So Neil has then asked, okay. Paul McGuinness has just left his position as manager of U2. I mean, that was a while ago, but it's a guy Osiri now, isn't it? Anyway. Um, a guy, guy Osiri, surely. Uh, Osiri, Osiri, Osiri. Tomato, Osiri. Tomato. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, a guy. Yeah, go monkey. Um, right. Um, the band have approached yourselves and have asked if you will steer the band's future going forward what ideas will you bring to the table um my first that wasn't the question wasn't the question what position nope that's that's uh steve asking that question next wait is it okay Um, yes yes that's steve asking the next one no wait no that yeah i think that is steve asking that question johnny are you drunk no your way of formatting this table has tripped me up well sorry for putting more effort in than you you're not working at this at this day, are you? The last couple of days, whereas I have been. I finished work at eight o'clock this morning, mate. All right, fine, fair so, enough. So, uh, 
<laughs> As the Guinness is flowing, you're getting more and more and more and more like a guy sat in the corner of a pub and be like, oh, guys, don't go near him. That's that you too guy. And then like anyone who actually goes near him, be like, come here. Let me tell you about a little album. Chance to go in a pub would be a fine bloody thing. A fine bloody thing indeed. Fine bloody thing indeed, yeah. But you'll be like, come here. Let me tell you about a little album from 1997. It's called Pop. And then you just... Is that your... Is that your impression of me? When you're drunk, yeah. And you're like, you know, and when you're, when you're 60 years old or whatever. Anyway, my first thing that I would say, steering the band in a direction, okay, this is obviously with the caveat that I know nothing about anything important to do with music. First of all, no more nostalgia. We're done with that. No more nostalgia. So talks about a Zoo TV tour, no, not going to happen. Okay, done. No more nostalgia. There's time for that when you're 70 and you're or 80 or whenever they actually finish being on stage. No more nostalgia. Second one, strict deadlines, which is what you said before, T. Um, I would get I wouldn't give six months because I think that's a bit bit crazy, but I would definitely say you have a year from now and then it has to be at the studio done. That's it. One year. Um then as um as someone who would be steering the direction i would say give me the keys lads let me look at the vault let me see what's in there and then pick things with the edge's approval um to make a an album that has a really strong identity that's integrated because i don't think they sometimes maybe it's just a me thing but when i look at what they release and then i look at like here's what you could have won here's here are the things that they held back i think well, that would fit better with that, you know. Why have you? Why was that on the? You know. So that's what I would do. It's a very selfish way of looking at it, but that's what I would do. That's interesting. I think the thing I agree with most of what you just said is, uh, give me a year. Don't want any more than a year. I am a U two fan, and I relish being a U two fan. What? I love being stood in. Uh, what? It's a surprise. I mean, we've only done what thirty eight episodes of of U two. Right. So, <laughs> if if you let me finish my point, I mean, have we not gone on long enough? I don't uh, know, have we? W- Do another Philip Larkin poem. Give me a year. <laughs> go on, go on, go on. You can't see the look he's giving to me, listeners. So, I'm a U2 fan. Relish being a U2 fan. I relish being somebody in an audience who doesn't know what song is going to be played next, what's going to happen next on stage. I enjoy that aspect. And I do, I'm do. i not the kind of U2 fan that wants to work for them. I'm the kind of U2 fan that wants to have a drink with them, if I'm honest. That's, you know, that's what I want. I don't want to, I don't want to work with them, really. But if I, if I do think that if they gave me a year of creative control, something interest, interesting would happen. <laughs> So, you know, if we did six months, at the end of the six months, an album comes out. Uh, and then the next six months is the tour. And then that's it. That You know, we're done and we're out. Thank you very much, lads. Really enjoyed this. But I'm, I'm going because I want to be, you know, I want to be a fan. I think that would be uh, an interesting idea. I would take them into theatres. Uh, maybe a run on Broadway, or the West End, something like that. Mm. But really, uh, go go back into theatres because uh, I think th- one of the most daunting things to you two now must be a smaller space. But boy, have they got some songs 
that could really have a bigger impact in a smaller environment. Um, I get the logic so, of that. Yeah. And I think that putting them out of their comfort zone once again might be something useful considering how how untouchable they are and how every show seems so perfectly done, you know, despite the fact that obviously I, there must be some little hiccups every now and then. But I, I wouldn't have them doing anything they really didn't want to do. I wouldn't force them into anything. But I would want at least 90% creative control for 12 months. And at the end and then at the end of that 12 months it's, you know, thanks, goodbye, nice experiment, but you know, thank you for the opportunity. I'm off, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. Let me let me be a fan, you know. Let me be a fan again, because I love being a U two fan. It is fun being a U two fan. Yeah, fair enough. Um, well, yeah, I think we I think we've covered that. One more question before the final present. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Right. So we've got then uh, Steve, aka Pulse Beat from Post Punk Radio, from Cheeksbury, Massachusetts, USA. Question number one: As the band gets older, do you think they will have another creative reinvention? Um, in them or is the sound of the last six years what we can expect from them going forward um i would like to think so i don't i don't, I don't think the last six years has a certain sound i don't think it comes down to that um can i yeah i can imagine another reinvention i want another reinvention i just don't um, know what it would be they... and i'm starting to think it would be something awful like you two come out with a brand new hip-hop album and you think oh god if they stop trying to chase success and and relevancy, and just keep on doing what they find interesting, uh, then then I'm yeah fine. But come on, you know the, they 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 have had their time at the top of the charts. They've had their time doing you know selling out the selling the most tickets to a tour, selling the most albums. They've had that time. That's somebody else's now, and there's nothing wrong with passing that on. You know it was the Beatles. It was the Stones, it was David Bowie's, it was Queen. It gets passed on. That torch gets passed on. That's just how music evolves. But just because your album's number one, does that make you any less relevant? Absolutely not. Uh, absolutely not. Paul McCartney is a Beatle. Ringo Starr is a Beatle. Do you think? Do you think they worry about selling tickets or selling albums anymore? Of course they don't, because they've been there. And but y- you two, I don't think they they still want that number one album. They still want the uh, the the tour to be the biggest thing of all time. It's the the evolution of music, and they need to move on from that. Uh, and the people that are with them are going to be with them forever. I think if you look back at the the sound that they've got at the moment, it is difficult to define it as a sound. Whereas it's pretty easy to define the rattle and hum sound or the '90s sound. Although you know the early '90s sound, every every album was different. Every album was different. At one yes, time. true, but but there is there's a particular deep sound. Whereas I feel like innocence and experience, um, and just just the general tracks they've done recently, have been looking back on and using trying to use the best bits of what they've done before. Um, it'd be difficult to you'd have to have a really in depth discussion about whether what this new U2 sound is really because. A song like Landlady is totally different to The Blackout. It's totally different to American Soul, which is totally different to, um, you know, Volcano or Sleep Like a Baby Tonight. Um, I just, the thing, mm. the thing that I want is when I hear that they're having a great time with something and pushing themselves. So if you go back to um, This Is Where You Can Reach Me Now, that's a really good example of that sort of thing where you can very clearly trace the influences. You've got The Clash and you've got 
so certain bit, bits of more upbeat, dancey type rhythms. But then Clayton's doing a bass line that you'd never expect from him. Edge is still pushing himself and not just saying, I'm going to play guitar with a load of reverb and, and um, delay on it. And everyone's just firing on all cylinders. That's what I want from them. So not so much a, um, a, a, a kind of complete reinvention, but I just want to see them actually think, how can I push this instrument further? Not literally. I want them to be okay with who and where they are. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, I haven't got that sense in a couple of years. There's flashes of it, I think, but I think there's also moments where you feel like you're kind of reaching here. Um, a good example of that would be those opening calls on um, a song which I now love, which is um, Love is Bigger. I think the way that they are recorded sounds like them saying, let's reach the kids, and it kind of worries me. But then that song is fantastic, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 Uh, go on, next Second question. Second question. You two, um, you two comes up to you and says, we want to hire you. You can do anything you want. What position do you take or make? Guitar tech, production designer, producer, manager, uh, reissue archivist, Larry Mullen's wardrobe consultant. Pretty, pretty easy job for, for that man. Um, oh, he's got quite, he's got quite <laughs> snazzy now. Jeans and white t-shirts. Yeah. Um, I would say it's pretty easy for me to say what I would like to do there. I would like to be head of album production slash song production with Edge. So that would mean overseeing a bit like how Brian and Edge um, sat and sweat over Zeropa, probably worrying about every single you know little bit of the recording. Um, you know, have we got a bit too much treble on that? Maybe we should maybe we should double up that one. Have we thought about panning this from left to right? That's these are the crazy ideas I have. While I do think you'd be good at that, I don't think we'd ever get another U2 album with you and The Edge in the same room. Look, that would be it. 20 years because down the line, it would be a fantastic album. Be very crisp on the ears. Yeah, and as Edge is turning 80, you know, <laughs> um, you know, they can bring out another... You, no, you and Edge are too similar in that regard. You, uh, you're too precious over your editing... Um, I would, hands down, love to be a graphic designer. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think I if I was given free reign of the of uh, U2's photography, I could really do some damage, uh, really special oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> some damage, <laughs> yes. Uh, some some special stuff. Yeah, I'd lo- I'd love to do that. I'd love to design something for a tour or an album, something like that. Hmm. Well, I think I think we'd we'd both probably find our niche, and we'd also be able to not work together, which would be an absolute nightmare. Um, right. So <laughs> the last thing that you have got on this little sheet here, Tyler, which you did put together with love and care, is um, a Twitter poll that you sent out, where you said, and I think one of the things that I, I enjoy is it's very obvious who sent which tweet. Whenever we send that, we share a Twitter account, obviously, because we're not. We're not going to split the the difference on the thing. We don't have that much to say. But um, it's very obvious who says what. So you said, okay, help me out, guys. Is If God Will Send His Angels a Christmas song? Yay or nay? And we had... Okay, how would you how would you have phrased that? No, it's just it's the kind of question you would ask. No, 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 no. How would you have phrased it? What's the difference? Um... But I'm just looking through. I would say usually there might be a grammatical error or so, which which usually would mean it would be one of yours. But um, <laughs> um, no, no, this is a perfectly normal tweet. I just I, I think you've got an exuberance to your tweets which I don't have. 
Yeah, I have fast th- uh, thumbs. I, I, my brain knows grammatical errors when it sees them, but my, my thumbs are that fast that my brain doesn't normally get a look in. So uh, mm-hmm. th- that's my excuse, and I'm sticking <laughs> with it. Well, it's not the Guinness. That's what I'm saying. It's not the Guinness. Well, we, we got, you got a good response as well. Um, you got 91 votes, and the final result is a 69.2% swing. So um, there's no, uh, there's no unsureness uncertainty about this election uh, 90 uh, sorry 60 grammatical error though John. Enough, error. Uh, 69.2% in favour of nay so um, which way did you want it to go Tyler I want it to go yay uh, why because it says light up your Christmas tree at one point yep and I think it is a Christmas song uh, but also as pointed out to me several times Angel Harlem probably more a Christmas song. Wait, that doesn't that start off with, what's the? Doesn't that have a, a a sort of a time stamp on it at the start of that song? Now, how does it begin? Fifty three. Um, uh, anyway, I don't know. Ask a U two fan. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that's that's kind of it. Uh, should we say um, Bono one more time? Well, yeah, but I've run out of Guinness now. Oh, Tyler's doing his little weird. Is that what is in that horrible looking shot that you've got? So it's supposed to be um, creme de month. Minty. Um, Irish cream. As in Bailey's. I'm using the I'm using the most famous yep. brand. Uh, and uh, Grand uh, Grand Marnier. Oh, what uh, absolute so cavalcade of horrible that is. It's called it's called an Irish flag. If you pour it right, which I haven't managed to do. What you had there looked like um, what a cat might bring up. <laughs> Well, I'll let you know as the night goes <laughs> see, on. Yeah, see it again later. Uh, so I've been drinking that, and I've been drinking Guinness. Um, yeah, what was the question? I don't know. And by the way, when I when oh. I said I, I ran out of Guinness, I've, I've I've run out of the two cans of Guinness that I had. So that's uh, that's how crazy we've got. Oh my god, it's ridiculous! It's ridiculous. Um, right. Well, yeah. Thank you, everybody uh, who's joined us this year. I I don't normally talk about the stats because I I'm, I don't I, you, you, I know you don't care about that. But we had over twenty thousand unique listeners this year, and uh, across all platforms, and I think that's absolutely amazing. Uh, f- two idiots from little old Wigan talking about you two. Um, twenty thousand unique listeners is pretty big. Uh, so thank you very much. This is the final episode of twenty twenty. Uh, Thank God it's coming to an end. Mm. Um, we wanted to say thank you. Everybody. We wanted to say sod off 2020 to the worst parts of it. Obviously, the um, COVID elephant in the room there um, is the thing that needs to sod off most, and hopefully, it will be doing soon um, because of science and wonders. But also, Trump's gone as I'm, well. I'm Trump's over gone. the moon about that. I'm I'm very happy about that. <laughs> sod off, you piece of crap. Anyway, um, not that he's listening. <laughs> oh, oh, he's had two Guinness and he's feeling hard. <laughs> um, um, but but also, um, yeah, but but also not sod off. Very much come back. Um, all of the all the good vibes we've had this year from from people and from the podcast community in general, and all the great work that's out there for people just ha- understanding that it's nice to pass the time with other people. Speaking of passing time with other people, we've got a present left each. Yeah. Now you've got one which has been delayed by the post, okay? And I've got one, your main one that is. So if this seems like a stingy last present and a bit of a wet squib to end on, then I apologise, listeners, but 
Told you, your wallet's in tier four. I've paid the money. It's not been delivered. <laughs> right. So Tyler's big climax um, present is this. <laughs> I can see he looks so confused by it. Now, it might look like a marital aid, but it isn't. There's nothing left in the box. That's it. Right. Can you guess what that? What can, yeah. Can you guess what it is? A record holder. It's a holder. I have no idea. Well, pop the things that are on your face onto it. Headphones. <laughs> Glasses. Glasses. Now, I'm not going to say, doesn't that look good? Because obviously, you now oh. can't see. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's called that face. Right, there we go. Good, I've got a picture of that. Um... So, what do you think? What a useless piece of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not useless. Do you never wake up in the morning and think, and think, where are my glasses? And then th now they're on a stand. Well, I will use it. Of course I will use it. Thank you very much. And it's much. very tasteful. It looks like a sculpture. I hope this last, I hope this last one's uh, better. The last present was genuinely a decent present. And we are back in the studio because finally, Tyler's final present has arrived. He's got his scissors at the ready, I can see, on my little um, on my little window. And he's ready to um, fully enjoy his main present, which the tardiness of the um, letter uh, delivery service made me seem like an ungenerous person, which I am not. So Tyler, are you excited about your final present? I am excited about my, my final present. Just, do you just want to pick you up on um, the tardiness of the delivery company here? They're the ones making you seem like an, an ungenerous person, not the last 15 years of me knowing you. No, it's, it's them, definitely. All all on them, I would say. Just just making sure, just making sure. Mm -hmm. Just want to know who's to blame. They, they put the moths in my wallet. I will say, this is wrapped very tight. Well, I didn't wrap any of my presents, unlike yours, which were divinely wrapped. Um, and... and there's stickers all over this, but I couldn't tell you what's in it because it's all in foreign. Um, right, okay. And Annie, Annie who? Well, there's a tape measure. And what I believe is a um, a kimono. Yes, indeed. It is the right present. I was worried there. <laughs> Now, I wasn't sure if this would suit Tyler or if it would if I've got the right size. We know that he's famously Everything suits me. Everything suits me. What what size did you get? Well, I tr I think I went for medium in the end. I know you're the same size medium. as Bono. So, Tyler has got yeah. a a lovely um a lovely silk oh, style Adam Adam style robe here. I can see him looking at it. The sheer um the sheer picture, you know, the, the kind of the, the illustration or the pattern on it has already just made your camera go fuzzy. It's that busy, I think. Ooh, hello. Hello. Oh, honestly. Does it fit? I love this. Yeah. Remember, it's not, the oh. sleeves are not meant to go down to your wrists. That's part of the, um, that's part of its charm. No, no, that, yeah. Um, I honestly think with this and the combat pants I've been amassing over the last year. Um, I'm I'm a pair of military boots away from starting my own Adam Clayton uh, tribute act. I mean, you've already got the mask because of recent circumstances. COVID. The mask? Yeah, from Popmart. 
Oh, oh, oh yeah, so very good. You need a crash yeah. helmet. Um, I could lend you my bike helmet. Actually, I'm not going to do that because I need it. But, um, you know, there you go. Yeah, you will look You will look <laughs> just like Adam soon. You'll be able to cosplay as Adam. So, I'm yeah. never going to take... I, 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 I don't ever want to take this off. Does it actually feel nice? Because I was worried. Because, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't super expensive, it but nice. it also wasn't cheap. I'll stand up. I'll stand up for you. Mm, lovely. Give us a twirl. Mm, very nice. I'm actually thinking I might get one myself. Not matching. That would be weird. I think we should. And then when we can finally be in the same room uh, again oh, no. uh, to record, yeah. we can both sit there in our kimonos. <laughs> not, not speak. Just, uh, just Sipping tea. Uh, it's got to be Irish tea. You know Adam, Adam one of Adam's little uh, uh, quirks, that he's, uh, things that he takes with him when they go on tour, is always Irish tea. He's not a fan of English. Well, I, I only drink Yorkshire tea. Um, that's literally the only tea I ever buy. Um, but I imagine Irish tea is quite nice. I'm a black coffee kind of a guy, really. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever noticed having a pro- like having an actual Irish tea bag. <laughs> no, I imagine it's pretty much the same thing. I mean, and also, I mean, the the fun thing about about tea is it's the the quintessential British or English or I guess Irish thing to drink, and yet none of it's produced here. It's you know produced elsewhere. Fun, yeah. fun, fun yeah. facts. Anyway. Um, I imagine then, as oh. we've both had clothing items, that Tyler and I will be posting um, some sort of tasteful picture of both of our um, lovely things on social media, and then uh, you can see just how great and glamorous we look. Mine and it's unfortunate. I did have a bit of a shave today, um, but uh, I didn't know this this was coming. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm. I could have. My hair is very long, and my hair is not too dissimilar to Adam's actually right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I could have done. A, I could have done a proper cosplay. But I'll see if I can put an Adam Clayton kind of outfit together for this uh, for this picture. <laughs> I mean, don't don't kill yourself. I'm sure people aren't that bothered. But um, there we go. And I'll post my uh, consider, consider music it rising. the review to Christmas card. Yeah, and I'll post my uh, music rising picture. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for this. Um, Hooray! Uh, this is two days. This is two days after we recorded the podcast, and I'm going to tell you now. I don't remember the end of the podcast. <laughs> I'm not lying about that. I'm not joking about that. I genuinely do not remember the end of the the podcast. Mm. If you're going to play U uh, two drinking games while listening to a U two episode, a review two episode, be careful drink responsibly yeah stay away which is what i did i only managed to drink two cans of guinness which i think is well within my uh, my limits and um whereas tyler was knocking back those weird shots all night um but yeah you know... my, my mistake were the irish flags yeah <laughs> well there we go okay well once again um happy christmas and we're going to go back into um the episode right now so say a miniature goodbye tyler goodbye Uh, yes, hello. It's Charles, Prince of Wales here, and I just thought I'd send you a little Christmas message while I wait for Her Majesty, my mummy, to pass on, um, the crown. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There's just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents. Underneath the Christmas tree. I just want it for my own More than you could ever know Make my wish come true 
want for Christmas is the crown. Thank you. So, the final present, which I have been given by Tyler, who has not been more generous, it's simply that the delivery service he used was more reliable, let's remember, um, is in my hand. It feels squidgy-ish. Um, it's about the size of, I don't know. Um, I don't want to build this up, but I think this is something you've wanted for many years. Mm. Okay. It doesn't feel like the Uber Deluxe box set of Racton Baby, but I'll, I'll it, maybe it's smaller in reality than it appears online. <laughs> okay, let's have a look then. This is going to be something like ridiculously like nice that you've done, and I just got you a stand for your glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention a joke book. Okay, let's have a look. With some depressing poem. Oh, that's very nice. It's a it's a it's a music rising t-shirt. Let's see the size. It doesn't say the size. I th I think it is a large. Yes, that's fine then. That will fit. Um well, we'll see after Christmas, eh? Um but oh, it's beautiful. What a lovely t-shirt. It is original as well. Well, I would accept if you, if, expect nothing less. If you look in the collar, it will say it's uh, produced by Eden. Um, yeah, all above board. Thank you very much. It says it's uh, respect for the people who make our product, the place where we make it, the materials used. I can't read the rest bit, but it, but it's slightly faded. But that's that adds to the authenticity of it. That's not a criticism. Well, um, music rises. Instruments for the Gulf Coast. What a beautiful subject. I mean, I wouldn't have minded one of the guitars that Edge was giving out, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> You're such an idiot. <laughs> um, uh, but, no, uh, yes, uh, I thought you'd like that. No, it's beautiful. I'll be, and, I'll be wearing this um, as soon as I can. And whenever I look back on uh, the best parts of 2020, uh, our podcasts and our time together will certainly be among my favourite memories um, uh, it's not just for you. Uh, I, I do love you. You know that. And um, for all the people on Twitter, all the people that joined us for you together at home uh, and other such celebrations throughout this year. Seriously, uh, I mean this sincerely. I couldn't have got through it without you. I love you. Thank you very much. This is not the alcohol talking. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, it sounds so... like it is. <laughs> Uh, but yes, thank you very much for supporting us. Uh, we're going to go away now. We'll be back next month with season three of Tummel. The first episode will be Horses by Patty Smith. Mm-hmm. That's the plan. And we just have one more thing left to say, Johnny. Yes. One, two, two three. Sod off 2020. 2020. Almost in sync. Yay. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next year. Hope you all have a wonderful Christmas and a fantastic new year. Bye-bye for now. Auf Wiedersehen. Thank you for listening to Review 2. 
the YouTube podcast. If you'd like to get in contact or for more information, please follow us on Twitter at REV underscore U2 or on Facebook.com forward slash REV U2 For those rebel type guys, why not email us at review2contact at gmail.com. Review 2 was presented by Johnny and Tyler. Hi guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. Just want to remind you one more time that if you would like to win a All That You Can't Leave Behind 20th Anniversary promo pack, these promo packs are not available in the shops. They are not available to buy. So if you would like a chance to win one, all you have to do is contact us on revu2contact at gmail.com or if you'd rather, DM us on Twitter. We want to know what your favourite Review 2 memory is from the past four and a half years. That's all you have to do. Get in touch, let us know, and you will be giving yourself the chance to win these Money Can't Buy, All That You Can't Leave Behind 20th Anniversary promo packs. Here we go, this is John Lennon. And so this is Christmas. And what have you done? Another year over A new one just begun And so Merry Christmas I hope you have fun The near and the dear ones The old and the young